heard a phrase the other day that I want to share. It goes like this. Bees don't waste their time telling the flies why honey is sweeter than shit. I've been thinking a lot about this topic. I'm sure you saw the title. We're going to be talking about vulnerability. And specifically, I want to talk on two elements in regards to vulnerability. I want to talk a little bit about victim mentality and living in negativity. And then I want to talk about how we all have the right to change and to grow. There is a pretty popular influencer that I started following years ago. Her name is Kelsey Wells, and she works in the fitness industry. When I found Kelsey, I think it was like back in 2015, I started following her and felt really inspired by her perspective and messaging. She sends out a lot of messages that are very pro-female. And slowly over the years of following her, I started catching little clues. She would show her before and after photos sometimes. And in some of those before photos, I thought I caught a glimpse of like a garment, like a Mormon garment. Or she was standing in a place that looked familiar in the photo. Until finally, she talked about how her now current husband had left on a mission while they were dating. And then I knew. I knew that she at some point had been Mormon. But I never ever saw Kelsey talk about it. I was even probably one of the many, many people who reached out to her during my faith crisis, my faith deconstruction, and kind of asked her how she made things work between the Mormon ideals, standards, and these very feminist, female-empowered values that she seemed to be living by. At the time, I didn't get an answer. I didn't really expect to. She had gained a lot of popularity very quickly. But I was hopeful I would, because I felt so lost. And I was literally looking for anyone to be able to relate to. So fast forward, this year, this past year, Kelsey started a podcast. And one of her episodes is titled, The Day I Died. And it talks, it's it's very limited information, but it's the first real time that Kelsey has started talking about her Mormon experience and how the Mormon version of her had to die in order for this new empowered version to come forth. And I don't mean to be putting any sort of words into her mouth. If, if you're interested, go listen to her episode. It's pretty good. But what really struck me was how she talked about how difficult it was for her to come out and talk about this. This is her sharing a vulnerable experience six plus years after she has experienced tremendous, like, quote unquote, success, right? And she even mentions how it's taking her a lot of courage. And while she was recording the episode, she even said, I'm shaking right now. I'm so nervous. I'm so scared to share this. And that really hit me. And once again, I feel really grateful to her for being vulnerable and sharing her story. And I can totally relate with how that feels. But it did come as a surprise to me that somebody who I looked up to, who has so much what looks like support or backing, so much positive feedback 
from her messages that she too would feel just as scared as I do. So obviously the time, place, setting to be vulnerable is widely varied and ultimately is your choice. But if you are somebody who wants to take that step, let's talk about it a little bit. I have noticed as I've started to try and create positive content, people latch on to negativity. They search for it. They dig through to try and find it. And then it spreads like wildfire. I have noticed the episodes that I post that I give a more negative title to, those are the episodes that have by far the most listens. And when I intentionally, positively title an episode, the listeners significantly decrease. And I've seen this with lots of other creators as well. There's several creators that I follow on places like TikTok and Instagram that I've noticed they talk about the same thing. They can deliver the same message, but the tone of delivery makes all the difference. And they see that same trend of if they deliver it in a negative tone, it gets a lot more popularity, a lot more views, likes, etc. So why does this happen? Why do we let this happen? And why do we make it happen? I want to relate this to something else too. I think we've all heard that saying that the people who are closest to you are actually the ones the least interested in what you're doing. And it's only until others who don't know you deliver positive feedback that those people close to you again start to support you. Or another way I've heard it put, it's easier to gain support from the people who don't know you than from the people who do. And it's this idea that when you've been in any kind of relationship with a person and that person is no longer being stagnant or no longer willing to suppress change and they move on or they develop this journey or they start to grow, it can feel like they're leaving you behind. And although we don't want to admit this to ourselves, some semblance of this feeling I think we all have had. And it can be really easy to not support that person in their goals or to even just genuinely not really believe that they can do it. Similarly, in my experience with leaving Mormonism, those who are still Mormon, and this was me included when I was Mormon, they see the church as part of their identity and usually a large part. And so when you attack the church, they lash out as if you are attacking them. It is so difficult for them to differentiate between who they are, their identity, and their belief systems or their community, etc. This outside organization. So this kind of helps move me into the second idea. Those of us who get stuck, we get stuck in the vulnerability of how you have been wronged. A lot of people choose a route of vulnerability that shows the ways in which they have been wronged, the ways in which they've been hurt, 
and the ways in which they've been traumatized, which I think to an extent, that's very fair. That is a huge part of your story. But I think it's not actually that vulnerable to share that because it's showing yourself in the light of victimhood. When you do this, it's really easy to gain support. It's really easy to have people feel sorry for you, pity you, side with you. And it's not even to say that they shouldn't. But I would then ask, what is the purpose of your vulnerability? What is your intent? Because when we choose to stay in this victimhood mentality, when we sit in that negativity, you're actually missing out on the best part of your vulnerability. Showing the change. Showing the progress. Everybody, every single person in this world has trauma, has been the victim. It's very easy to connect with people on a level of victimhood because we've all experienced it. The more difficult task for all of us is to change, is to get ourselves out of that victimhood, is to no longer allow that victimhood to define our lives and our story. Because it's okay to change. Actually, you will change and you should change. And it's difficult because once we start hitting those moments of change, that's when you might start to see you're not getting the same support you were prior. Because that really is the hard part. And the people who aren't willing to do that hard part yet, you become a mirror to them. You reflect back to them the things that their soul wants to do. But for some reason, they're stuck or they feel that they can't. So when you take that step and you choose to be vulnerable in that way, you're probably going to get more lashback. But I'm here to say, don't let others' opinions keep you from that change. And sharing that change is probably what's going to make the biggest difference in your life and in theirs. Now, when it comes to this idea of like being stuck, right? I don't think these words are really great for expressing this, but for lack of a better term, let's say that someone is stuck in their trauma and they're having a difficult time moving on or making that change, leaving that victimhood. If you can relate with this, I suggest you go back and listen to episode three. It's called Your Lizard Brain. This is where I talk about the actual chemical science of why you're feeling stuck. As you learn to move beyond these visceral reactions, you learn how to act in your own life rather than react in your life. And the better that you get at this, you start to notice how many people suck at it, including yourself, right? You can look back on memories of how you reacted in moments that you should have taken action. And this part, this part of the changing, it can be hard. It can be embarrassing. It can be difficult to come to terms with the person that you were and you didn't recognize. But like I said, as you start to do this, you see how many people around you are incapable of this at the moment because they are reacting to you and your vulnerability. 
and your change. So let's move on now to the second idea, which is I reserve the right to change and to grow. I use my Mormon exodus for a lot of these episodes, examples from Mormonism, because that was a huge shift that I made in my life. And leaving these old belief systems and this old identity that I held on to and I grew and I cultivated throughout my life, this is absolutely terrifying. The complete paradigm shift that happens forces you to face who you once were and to see that person much more authentically than you did when you were living as that person. And as you start to enter into this new life, this new identity, it definitely is scary not knowing who you are. And it absolutely feels safer to hide. And when I say hide, I mean hide in that vulnerability or that perceived vulnerability. Because hiding in and of itself is not vulnerable. It may feel that way, but hiding happens when we choose to stay in the negative, when we choose to mislabel that as vulnerability. So here comes your right to change and grow. And I personally reserve this right even throughout this podcast. That was a huge reason why I delayed creating this podcast in the first place. I had had personal experience of huge identity shifts and belief changes. And I was scared that if I shared this and I put this out in the open and I was vulnerable, that later on I might change my mind. And it would be scary to face that and to be wrong or to look wrong. So even in the future, I may not agree with things that I have even said on this podcast because I completely plan on changing and growing more. As I really started to come out of Mormonism and my Mormon identity, I realized that I had literal timestamps of moments that marked this Mormon version of Tori, who I no longer was, no longer agreed with, and in a lot of ways can feel embarrassed by. Especially with our new-aged, technology-based society, right? There were so many things on Facebook especially. You know, I had a MySpace back in the day, my Instagram, everything. But especially on Facebook, I had so many posts I had made in the past that I can now look at and know that I am so grateful I am no longer a person who believes those things. And for a while, I was so tempted to just try and erase everything to take it all down, to show that I no longer am that person and I no longer agree with those beliefs that I was brainwashed to believe. But I made the intention to not do that. I stopped myself because I really think it's valuable for myself first and then also for other people to see my growth and my change, to see the extremes to which I have gone and come. So I left it. And yes, it's still there. <laughs> if you scroll way back in my history, you probably don't even have to go very far because I haven't been ex-Mormon for that long. 
But throughout my history, I left it. It's still there and it's still there for people to see. But I really felt it was important, like I said, for, first and foremost for myself so that I can see and I can remember that I never want to be that person again. That person I was, she was doing her best. She was within circumstances that for a long time were mostly out of her control. Does that erase who I was, what I said, or what I did? No. Does it erase accountability? No. But it does help me to have compassion for myself as I continue to try and change and be a better person and learn. We don't need to live in regret. We don't need to live in fear of the people that we once were. The purpose here of my vulnerability is to show you that it's okay for you to change, to grow, and to try something new. And if you don't get it right the first time, that doesn't mean you should stop trying. And this vulnerability has actually been a theme throughout my life, I think. It's something I didn't notice before, but as I've actually started to feel like I was vulnerable and putting my story out there, it brought back a lot of memories, a lot of fears and anxieties of people in my life who have told me that I was being too open or that I was oversharing. And once upon a time, this hurt my feelings. But just as we were talking about earlier with the mirror, and as you become vulnerable, you start to reflect back to people their own insecurities. It no longer hurts my feelings because I've really realized that it does say a lot more about that person and their inability to share, be open, and to be vulnerable with others. I really have found that I like to be vulnerable and be open because I realize that it really helps people to feel safe with me. So this is no longer a criticism that really affects me. Because to be honest, after going against my entire past identity, my entire belief system in moral right and wrong, and my complete belief in a god, you don't really hurt my feelings anymore. <laughs> it takes courage to change everything about who you are and to take back who you used to be. And somebody telling me that I'm oversharing really feels so minute compared to the experiences that I've had. And to be honest, this is why I no longer have secrets. I no longer feel the need to hide parts of myself. I no longer feel the need to discipline myself with guilt and shame tactics, which create secrecy. And when I say this, I think those of us who are wise enough and have experience in this life, we understand that there's a difference between privacy and secrecy. Obviously, if you're choosing to be vulnerable, you should know where your privacy and your boundaries extend. For me, at the current moment, this is why I've chosen not to share about my personal family. This is why I've chosen not to share very much about my childhood. Because it involves people who I love and respect and who haven't made this change, who haven't decided to share, and who haven't agreed for me to share their story either. Every story has two sides. And I try my best to be vulnerable 
and share my side, to share my perspective, while still allowing there to be understanding for anybody else involved. And I might change my mind. <laughs> like I said, my privacy and my boundaries there might change. At some point, I might feel moved to share something that normally I wouldn't share. Because witnessing that transformation is most likely the most powerful part for you to hear. I may feel differently one day. And again, I reserve that right to change. So I guess more than anything, this is my invitation to you to join me on this journey of vulnerability and to decide what that means for you. But all the while to remember, the bees don't waste their time telling the flies why honey is sweeter than shit. I'll see everyone in the next episode.